The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Whether you're experiencing loss, pain, or just need a pick-me-up from time to time, you're about to get exactly what you need. Welcome to Go For It. Your host is Joe Hausman. Today, you'll hear stories and words of hope, love, and encouragement. Get ready to laugh while you learn. Here's your host, Joe Hausman. Good morning and welcome to my show, Go For It, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I am your host, Joe Hosman. So glad that you're back with me today and with my wonderful guest that I'm going to be bringing on here in just a little bit, Dr. Don McDonald. Hey, today, uh, this week actually is Thanksgiving week here in the United States, so uh, just remember to go out and be blessed and have. I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Um, as always, at the beginning of my show, you know, I like to give words of inspiration, words of hope, words of encouragement, and I'm actually in the process of writing another other book. Actually, I'm kind of in the process of writing two more books, but one of them, um, we talk a really bit, a lot about positive thinking and positive endurance. So just, I'm just going to read a little excerpt out of it. And I think it's really going to resonate maybe with how the show is going to go with today. So there are many times when I feel rushed, panicked, stressed, or overthinking something. But when I do, I need to stop and I need to realize what I'm actually doing. So it just talks about being within your inner self and really resonating with yourself what's what's causing that issue. So then what I do is I stop, I pause, I take a break from thinking, and I just relax. I will lower my shoulders, slow down my breathing, and I'll exhale. Then I will pause for a few minutes and relax myself and realize this too shall pass. I will retrain my focus onto other people's needs instead of my own. When they say others others have it so much worse, well, I found that many do. Many are going through their own personal struggles, and sometimes we know nothing about it. We need to show kindness through a smile or a hug wherever we go. Some people like hugs, some people don't. Maybe hugging is right, maybe it's not. I love to hug people, but but a smile is free, and people love to see others smile. Don't bring yourself or others down by going into self-pity or negative talk. Once you learn to think and talk positive, to, people will see you in that positive light. You will feel lighter and brighter. Your smile will be more radiant than it ever has been, and you'll be happier and more content. So what does it hurt to smile at somebody? Just give somebody a smile, especially this week and the week of Thanksgiving or the week every week. You know, go ahead and give um, give people your radiant smile and show the world how light and bright you are. So I want to bring on my today's guest. Dr. Don McDonald, and I met Dr. Don through our bestseller publishing. We both um, wrote books through there. And so I've been kind of watching Don on um, Facebook, and he is, he goes around speaking all over. So a little bit about Dr. Don. He has spent 17 years in the health and wellness industry as a chiropractor in Edmonton, Alberta. It was from his position at the adjusting table that he knows a common frustration developing into a major stressor in the lives of many patients. He he identified it as the underdog, and they couldn't seem to break out of it. It was a pattern he had seen in his own life, from the basketball days of his youth to life as a businessman and health practitioner. It stopped people from living their best lives and often stripped them of true happiness. He made it his mission to find out how to break the underdog curse and move into authentic, 
lasting success. Dr. Don is now a life coach and motivational speaker who dedicates his time to empowering people with the new inspiring information regarding success, health, and his first love, neurology. He and his wife, Brandy, run a thriving chiropractic clinic and chiropractic seminar series. They are both busy conference speakers and loving parents to a rescue pit bull named Lux. Oh, how sweet. Dr. Don, welcome and thank you so much for being on my show today. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. Great, great. Well, I am too. I am so happy, and especially I'm really happy when I have fellow authors on the line with me because I, I just think we have such a strong connection and going through, you know, writing the book, and I don't know if you had struggles writing yours, but just, you know, just the struggles of it all. And so I'm always happy to have a fellow author on the line with me today and fellow businessman and conference speaker. So, Dr. Don, why don't you why don't you give my audience a little bit brief um, history on you and kind of how you got to be where you are today? Uh, well, that's uh, a little brief history. Forty five years. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I um. Well, I grew up in a little small town in uh, in Alberta in the mountains called Grand Cache, and it was very secluded town. So uh, the nearest town was a two hour drive, and and so I got I kind of probably started feeling a little bit underdogish from the very beginning because we kind of, uh, we feel like we were on a different planet almost. Um, I think if you're in the United States, it'd be hard. I think it'd almost be hard to find a, a town that didn't have another town within two hour drive. Yes, that's right. Yep. And uh, I've, I always, when I was a kid, my dad uh, had, he was the Pepsi man and the milk man. And we also had a bottle depot and, and it was really funny. I always remember as a, as a kid, I, I always wanted to move to the big city. I always thought the big city would be really cool. And uh, we'd always have uh, big trucks come in, and we'd load all the, the bottles, the empty bottles, whether uh, the beer bottles, wine bottles, pop bottles, all that kind of stuff. We'd lo- load them on a truck, and the truck would drive off to the city. And I'd always imagine what it would be like to live in the city. So um, by the time I was in grade 11, I started playing basketball, and uh, I asked my parents, um, do you think I could move to the city for my grade 12 years so that I could play higher competitive basketball? And uh, for, for one, when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, that was pretty brave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and then the second thing that's surprising is my parents said, okay. So wow. I, lived, mm-hmm. I lived with my aunt and uncle and, and then came to the, the city where I live now and got to play basketball at a really high level. Um, and we won provincial championships and, and all that kind of stuff, and that was really cool. I went on to uh, playing college basketball, and uh, throughout this whole time, though, I've, I'd always had uh, suffered with chronic tendonitis in my knees. And uh, I spent my whole time trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do about these. And uh, I researched exercises, and I and I and I, and I basically the only option I had was to do to take drugs. So I was taking anti-inflammatories, painkillers. I was trying to do some physiotherapy, all this other stuff, and nothing was working. And it wasn't until uh, my first year at college that I was uh, referred to a chiropractor. And when I went into my chiropractic office, the first thing he said was, holy cow, your posture is horrific. And uh, I said to him, I'm not here because of my posture. I'm here because uh-huh. of me. And it was right. one of the first times in my life I realized where the issue is might not be where your problem is. And so... I said, okay, well, I'll, 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 I'll go along with you for a bit to see if this works. And uh, long story short, over a year's time, being under care, like my knees got better. I had exercise-induced asthma. That got better. My concentration got better. Um, and just learning the whole 
thought possible, I, uh, I switched into science and became a chiropractor. And, uh, and like I said, now I've been practicing for 17 years in Edmonton, so been able to help thousands of people. So um, that's kind of to where I am now. Oh, well, that, that's, that, you know, that's a neat story because we just never know what our past is going to lead us to our future. I will tell you probably seven, eight years ago, I had never been to a chiropractor before, and my friend actually called me a chiropractic virgin. And she said, you know, you really need to get into chiropractic, you know, go see it because I was having some neck issues. And I go, I don't know. I just, you know, but I was very much into the natural health and yeah. taking supplements and those type of things because I truly believe the same way, you know, um, yeah. our health has to come from within and we need to heal ourselves. So I went to a chiropractor and it was wonderful. It, it really was. They um, they worked on me. They they gave me the help that I needed. And so, yeah, I, I truly agree with that. Yeah, and I think the, you know, just the whole the whole idea of, you know, you have you have more control over your health than you thought because really, the way I thought before was you just basically do whatever you do, and then hopefully you don't get hurt or have discomfort, and then when you do, you go to someone and they give you like a drug or something, and then that's going to fix it, or someone else has to fix you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so it, it was just the randomness of it. And, um, and, and first of all, actually, I, was, I have to admit, I was, really, I was quite mad because I couldn't believe no one had told me to go to a chiropractor before. Uh, mm. I had to go through mm-hmm. four years of agony. <laughs> wow. So and did you go, did then you then doctor like the regular way and they gave you pain medicine that wasn't working and those type of things? Well, and the funny thing is at the very beginning, the pain, the pain medication did work because it masked my symptoms. Oh, sure, um, sure, yeah. So it felt better, and then I just kept training like crazy. But like I said, the problem was I ran out of drugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> I mm-hmm. Drugs. And so I could really see how people would, you know, that the, right now there's kind of an opioid epidemic where you mm-hmm. know, people are, are way overusing drugs. But I, I could totally see how that happens because if you're only taught, I need a pill to temporarily decrease my pain, uh, I need those forever. Like it's uh, well, and people people want the fix now. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't realize it took a long time to get to where they're at now to have the pain and the agony, and now, but they want the quick fix, and that's why they're always going to the, you know, the pill to get it fixed. Hundred percent. And then, and then when you learn after, like I said, everything, um, it, it's kind of like, have you ever heard of the book uh, "Don't Eat the Marshmallow Yet"? Oh, uh uh-uh, no. Um, well, this is this. I just I, when I was researching it for my book for the Underdog Curse, um, it, it's basically you can use it in any any aspect. So I'll just quickly summarize it. It was they took a bunch of children. They're about four, three or four years old, and they put them in a room with a table and a marshmallow. And they asked the children, "If you could wait for fifteen minutes, we'll come back and without eating the marshmallow, we'll come back in and we'll give you two. And they did this study all over the world, and they found it was pretty, pretty much the same percentages everywhere they went. And so they found out only about one-third of children could delay gratification and wait until they came back and, uh, and, and ate, got the two marshmallows. Mm-hmm. If you want to see something really funny, uh, if you look it up on YouTube, you'll be able to see the kids. And <laughs> <laughs> some of them, as soon as the person left the room, they just pounded the marshmallow instantly because they couldn't delay that, that gratification of eating marshmallow. <laughs> I could probably so, see that within myself, too, in a few occasions. 
no doubt. A lot of people are like, oh, I would have totally ate the marshmallow. Uh-huh. But then the other kids are like totally trying to distract themselves. They're smelling it. They're licking it. They're like trying to keep themselves active. And like you can see their brains like frazzling, like, trying to not eat it. <laughs> but the interesting thing about it is they came back 18 years later after they did this study. And they found that 100% of the one-third that could delay gratification had better health, had more success, had better relationships, had better grades. In every single aspect of life, they were more successful. Really? Oh, I didn't realize that they came back and um, observed them 18 years later. Isn't that ironic? That's great. And again, there, mm-hmm. there were still, out of the two-thirds, there's still some people that were successful and stuff. But the crazy mm-hmm. thing was it was like 100% of the one-third. Mm-hmm. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, some people can down the road, you can learn how to delay gratification. Now, the cool thing about that is it doesn't matter what area of your life it is, whether it's relationships or saving money or your health, um, you, you need to be able to delay some gratification in order to get that success. And mm-hmm. that's the challenge with drugs is that you're just not delaying gratification because you're just instantly trying to mask the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, like in the chiropractic philosophy, we, we proactively look after our health. So I, I haven't had back pain in, I don't know, I've been under care for like almost 25 years or longer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's it's proactive. It's like brushing your teeth. Like you're staying on top of it so that you maximize your body function mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're being proactive with it so that you can do all the stuff that you really want in life. And, uh, and, and that is the challenge when you have one-third of the population can automatically delay gratification and the other mm-hmm. two-thirds need to learn. Well, it's a learned process. I mean, for you know, yeah, you're right. There's some of us that, and there, and the funny thing is, just speaking from my own experience, there's some things that I can delay gratification for for a while. There's other things I'm like, no, I want right now, you know. And so I think that's a lot of the population as well. It's um, yeah, and I, it's just it's a pick and choose. It's our wants and needs. A hundred percent. I think mm-hmm. everybody has their you know their strengths and their weaknesses, as they say, right. Everybody mm-hmm. has their yeah, exactly. So I think that's that's the challenge. But the, the cool thing is, if you can kind of like like you even said in your um, in your introduction in your book, if you can take a step back, breathe, think about the marshmallow story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes that would be helpful in an area. Like just take for example, someone trying to lose weight. That that that's a huge example of that. And when, mm-hmm. when people have a really big challenge with it, it's, it's kind of like you need to be able to step back and kind of look at it from that point of view. And, and, and sometimes that will help you as well to be able to delay that gratification. Well, okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. So losing weight, um, what what kind of advice do you give to people who, because it is, it takes a long time, depends on how much you want to lose, it doesn't matter, I suppose, you know, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100 pounds, but what kind of advice do you give people who want to lose weight that, I mean, yes, they have to have a goal, yes, they have to, you know, portray themselves, maybe they put a picture of themselves at a, you know, a smaller size or whatever, but what, on a day-to-day basis, what kind of advice do you give people who want to lose weight? Because I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, I mean, I have a goal I have, I want by my birthday next year. So, you know, what's, what's your advice, Dr. Don? I think a hundred percent of it is, is preparedness. And, uh, and I've really learned this from my wife because she's, she's awesome at this. Um, when you start off at the beginning of the week and you're like, hey, this is what my week's going to look like. These are my workouts and they're pre-booked. These are, this is my meal plan and this is what I'm eating. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, on Sunday nights, um, we always prepare like a lot of our uh, snacks and uh, extra food that we're going to eat, and we prepare it on the Sunday before the week. And if you have that all done and you get your grocery shopping done and you already know what you're going to get, you've you got to spend a little bit more time at the beginning planning for it. It's a lot easier because what happens is once you get into the week and things get busy, and if you have ha- not had a chance to bring your lunch to work, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's in those week times. Um, there's another book called The One Thing that uh, I really like that I read, and they talk about um, whenever you're trying to change a habit, it, it uses up your willpower, and your willpower is like a cell phone battery on, mm-hmm. your, on, your, on your cell phone, mm-hmm. and you have the most charge in the morning, and then a- as you make decisions, you start to wear down that cell phone battery, mm-hmm. and the more decisions you have to make, which means the less planning you've done, you burn out that cell phone earlier in the day that you actually lose your willpower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> willpower, you just start going to defaults. And so the more things are already pre-planned, like I'm, I'm huge for that. If, there, if we already have healthy snacks at home and you're a little bit hungry, you can just go and eat the healthy snacks. Right, yep. If you don't have them ready or you've, you know, heaven forbid, bought bad snacks um, mm-hmm. and it's in the evening and you've had a tough day, guess what you're eating? Uh-huh. Well, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not really good at planning. I'm very good at exercising. I exercise all the time. I go to kickboxing. I walk. I, you know, I exercise a lot. It's the eating part of that that I need to be more organized with because I'm very dedicated to my workouts. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever, but it's the eating part of it. And then, yeah, when you get sluggish in the afternoon, all of a sudden, that's a good, that's a good analogy, though. You kind of go by your cell phone battery but it's a good analogy because yeah you know if you're tired if you have a lot of things going on that day and the more the more things you have going on the more your brain has to work the more you think oh gosh darn it I forgot the apple at home I'm just going to go grab a candy bar or something you know so and but the one thing I do like the one thing I do like if you need to stop if you need to stop at like a gas station or whatever a lot of them now will have healthy snacks they have celery. They have carrots. They have bananas. They have whatever. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so a, I like that. that. And another really cool thing, I was at a seminar this summer, and they had a naturopath speaking from Australia, and uh, he had talked about um, when you eat calories, that is information. And then when you eat food that's alive, then you get intelligence. So... For example, oh. if you're eating carrot, there's intelligence in there. It's kind of organic, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're eating, say, a bag of chips, that's only information but no intelligence. No, that's good to know. So, so the I'd rather eat intelligence than information. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because, because if the more processed it is or the more, um, you know, the... the the good minerals and the, well, the good the good things inside of that is is been squished out or cooked out or or whatever. The less intelligence there's in there. So he had a really good example. He had a seminar where he took two people at the front of the seminar, and he had one of them try to eat a thousand calories of apples, mm. and and he had another one eating a thousand calories of chips. <laughs> oh wow! And. And the one who ate a thousand calories of chips could eat basically ate the bag, and mm-hmm. then afterwards, like, oh, I could eat oh. more. Oh wow! 
And the person eating the, the apples got through about two apples or two and a half apples, and they're like, oh, okay, I can't eat. Because if there's about 100 calories in an apple, you have to eat 10 apples. It'd be like... Oh, wow. That's a lot of apples. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing to know. But, Dr. Don, we actually have to go to break already. So my engineer has been counting me down. I know. See? And so Dr. Don's um, website, I want to give a shout-out to that, is Dr. Don McDonald. That's M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. So Dr. Don McDonald. And mine is JoeHosman.com. And when we come back, Dr. Don, we're going to talk more about this underdog curse that you are talking about and about your book. Awesome. All right. We'll be right back after break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Go For It. To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to joe at joehausman.com. That's J-O at joehausman.com. Now back to Go For It. Welcome back to Go For It here, my show here on the Voice of America Empowerment Channel. So glad you're back with us today. Hey, I'm speaking with my buddy, Dr. Don McDonald. He's a fellow author. That's how I met him. But he's also a chiropractor and a busy, a busy conference speaker, him and his wife are. So, but we were talking before the break about empty calories and healthy calories and how empty calories is information, whereas healthy calories is information plus intelligence. So I'm telling you, Dr. Don, I am learning a lot on this show today. So I, I appreciate that, and I thank you for that because uh, when we talked about delayed gratification, losing—excuse me—losing weight is one of those delayed gratifications. But what uh, what a blessing you can um, accomplish! And what I tell people, and I my talks more about um, grief, but this can actually you know do with delayed gratification as well. But celebrate the small successes. Celebrate, you know, take one day at a time. If that's too much, you take an hour at a time. If that's too much, you take a minute at a time. But celebrate those small successes. And again, the losing weight or the delayed gratification, whatever you're trying to do, save money, whatever, get your health back, just celebrate those small victories. And that's what we have to do. So, so Don, I want to uh, turn now and talk about this underdog curse. And so tell us more about, actually, what is the underdog curse? And 
just kind of how you came about it. You, I know you talked a little bit before about maybe from your high school days, but tell us more about that. Yeah, like I, I think, you know, my history, I kind of, like I said, grew up in a small town. Um, mm-hmm. I came to the big city uh, to play on a, on, a, on a really good basketball team. And I was the underdog. I was the little, the little country bump. Actually, some guys nicknamed me the country bumpkin when I was on oh. the team. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I, I felt like I, I was the underdog. I was uh, I was on our starting lineup, but I wasn't the best player. Like my roommate that I had, um, that, or the, my, my one of my best friends, he was one of the best players on the team. And I kept always remembered I would play one on one with him all the time. He beat me every single time, and I was like, okay, let's keep going. So I kind of got used to that role of being the underdog who was trying to strive to be better as as, as good as I could. Mm-hmm. And then a funny thing happened is when I went to college. Um, I picked a school that wasn't one of the top schools uh, because I, I just I was the only uh, person on our starting lineup that wasn't recruited by the big university here in Alberta, and so then that kind of got in my brain a bit, going, "Oh, geez, I, I want to make sure I play." Um, and so I, I picked a school that wasn't as as strong, and we did a once I made the team, we did a one on one tournament, and uh, I won it right up, right being kind of a rookie. Mm-hmm. And, so then all of a sudden I was one of the best players on the team. And I also came from the big city, so I was no longer the underdog. And um, I couldn't handle that. I, like, looking back on it, uh, like at the time I didn't realize it, but now mm-hmm. looking back at it, I realized I sabotaged a lot of my success because I just wasn't comfortable feeling that role of leader because I was so used to always being around people that were better than me that I could kind of strive to get to, to improve. So I, that was kind of the first thing I could see where I sabotaged my success, um, kind of flipping back and forth from an underdog to an overdog. And then the second part was when I got in practice. Um, we always we grew up. My parents, you know, they worked really hard uh, to you know to get ends meet, but we were really were short on money, and so we really couldn't do very many things. Um, once I got in practice, and I started getting a little bit of success in practice. I kept sabotaging my own success. And, I, and again, at the time, I didn't really... You don't really know it when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what the importance of journaling or reflecting mm-hmm. and learning in your life. But I realized that I was getting out of my comfort zone, so I felt like... See, if you're an underdog, um, people love to cheer for the underdog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we look at the World Series this year... You know, both teams were underdogs, hadn't won the World Series in, in so many so many years. Um, that most people, if they weren't a direct fan of the Indians or the Cubs, they basically said anybody could win because it's cool because they're both underdogs. They both haven't won forever. So underdogs have no pressure. There's no responsibility. If you lose, it's okay. You gave it a good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can relate, yes. <laughs> yeah, but the, the challenge is, once you win, then you're no longer an underdog. Mm-hmm. And, and can you handle that? So throughout my life, I, I kind of, in my brain, felt like I was an underdog. And then if I felt like I was out of that, where I wasn't getting support or I had expectation, I had a hard time handling that. Mm. And, it, and then once I got into practice, and I was, I've always been working on myself. I do a lot of personal development. So like even this intelligence and information thing, I just I learned this summer. I've been in practice for like 18 years. <laughs> you, yeah. I to learn as you go. But I realized that a lot of my patients, because again, chiropractic, what we do is we really focus on decreasing the stress response in your nervous system 
because when your stress goes down, your body heals better. And it, through movement and decreasing what we call subluxation in the spine, it helps decrease the stress response. But if people are living in their life kind of stuck in this underdog curse, it continues to fire the stress response. So if, you're, if your life is creating stress all the time, you're obviously not going to be healing as quickly as mm-hmm. if someone who isn't firing their stress response all the time. And well, and they're kind of flight or, um, fight or flight mode at that point, aren't they? hundred percent. And again, a fight mm-hmm. or flight mode is great if you're being attacked by a bear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it will save your life. It, it's, mm-hmm. it, and you need it. You need the stress response. Like, that, that is very important. But in order to be healthy, we need to be dominant the other side. So the fight or flight mode is called the sympathetic parts of the nervous system. And mm-hmm. the opposite is called parasympathetic. And parasympathetic, the nickname for that is rest and repair or rest mm-hmm. and digest. Oh, sure. And so if people are firing off that stress response all the time, you know, their, their blood pressure goes up, their heart rate goes up, their breathing goes up, your brain function goes down, your digestion goes down, and your immune system goes down. Mm-hmm. And if That's right, like that, all of them. Mm-hmm. So I found that, you know, the underdog cursing kind of be one of two extremes. So on my extreme, it was more like I, I kind of was addicted to being an underdog or I always felt more comfortable being an underdog. Um, so then I'd subconsciously sabotage myself to stay there. But it's almost like the fear, I call it, I call it the fear of success. A hundred percent. You know, people are like, well, don't you mean fear of failure? Oh, I got failure down. I'm pretty good at that. You know, I mean, I got that down pat. No, it's really the fear of success because, and even when you, and I don't know about you, but when you get to a certain point, you think, well, this is. You know, I, okay, I've done this now. I need to go keep moving on and on and on. But it's almost like, you know, you need to, like I talked about in the book that I'm writing, you know, you sit back, relax, take a breath. Okay, this is where I'm at right now. You know, enjoy this ride and then keep moving forward to the next one. So it, that's what I call, I call fear of success. Because, yes, you're right. Once you're success, then you're not the underdog anymore. And it's almost the fear of responsibility. Because oh, there you go. That's a good one, too. Because mm-hmm. once you've succeeded, now you almost feel like there's now there's almost a pressure. Like there's, now you feel responsible that, oh, man, now I'm going to be expected to continue this up. And what mm-hmm. if I don't? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And then all of a sudden, because when I ran my virtual assistant business, I had 10 virtual assistants underneath me. But I was, I, and as I look back now, I sabotage that because if they wouldn't fulfill their roles, I just went in and... I just went in and did it for them. So I was working almost 24 hours a day, um, pretty darn close, about 18 hours a day, 18 to 20 hours a day, and to the point that I was on burnout because I couldn't keep doing their work plus my work plus trying to keep everybody happy. Right. No, yeah. 100%. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the big thing is if you don't kind of create a boundary or look after yourself, it will create resentment. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the exactly. things that dogs will feel over time because if they keep getting stuck in that that spinning cycle Mm -hmm. um, they become resentful Mm -hmm. yeah and you don't that's the one thing you don't want to get because then resentful just means being angry and being angry just will turn into more health issues and so you just want to be able to turn that turn that around and actually be able to confront that resentment confront that anger and keep moving forward 100% and I think Mm -hmm. because people pleasers have a tendency to kind of go on that on this end of the spectrum where you become addicted to being an underdog, 
The challenge is as people pleasers go through life and they get more resentful and more resentful and more resentful, they actually just get, then they're, they're just cranky. Then later mm-hmm. they just tend to be kind of cranky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and grumpy. Yep. And yep. Because then they go from being a people pleaser and then they flip it to the other side where they become like a people displeaser. Like they're mm-hmm. like, they're just had it with everybody. And so the goal is, is hopefully we, we, we tame down that people pleasing underdog curse uh, before it's too late and then you're just mad at the whole world. <laughs> well, and then what happens is, and, I, and I, I recognize this with myself and just had this conversation, but then if you people please all the time and you don't voice your opinion and don't voice what you're saying, then you know what? What happens is you kind of explode. 100%. So, and that's the one thing you don't want to do. You want to be able to, um, you know, express your feelings, express your, um, you know, how you feel about everything, and so you don't explode. Hundred percent. Yeah, just like you, like that analogy. It's like a kettle, and if you boil a kettle without a little release valve, it builds mm-hmm. up pressure, builds up pressure until finally it has to explode. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. And then once it explodes, oh man, it ain't good. <laughs> Yeah. And usually, and it's the funny just thing not good. Producers, when they explode, the thing that caused them to explode isn't usually the thing that caused them to explode. Right. Exactly. It's you know usually what happens is it's just a buildup of so much stuff you know, and then you're right. It's usually not the one thing maybe that you're talking about you know. Yeah, it's the, all the things added up, right? So exactly, it's all the things added up, and you're like, "Oh man!" <laughs> you're like, "All I, all I did is just not put the garbage out, and then like all of a sudden the world exploded or something." You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I understand that but, completely, <laughs> but it takes a lot of people side, to. Yeah. Well, and it takes a lot of people. It takes a lot to actually learn to calm yourself and learn to um, have peace within yourself. Because once you have peace within yourself, then th- you're not going to let things explode that way. Right. Right. You yeah. know. So, so give some examples, maybe, of how people, and even you know, as you know, some people believe in chiropractic care and some don't. But what can people do as their own self healing to maybe learn to um, heal themselves from within? Um, well, for the first thing is always your body, because typically, you know, the part I didn't get to talk about was that we had the we had the one side of the underdog curse, which is where you're addicted to being an underdog, and then the other end of it is you refuse to ever be an underdog. Oh, mm-hmm. And this is where people are kind of stubborn, have to be perceived like they're perfect, and will never try anything new because they always want to look like they got everything together. Mm-hmm. Like, That's right. But it's kind of the two extremes again. Like, if you're on that end of it, it's, it's hard for you to grow as a person because you'll never try anything new. And if you're addicted to being an underdog, it's hard to grow as a person because you always have to sabotage yourself so that everybody feels bad for you. Mm-hmm. Now, and the ones yeah. that are so perfectly content that they think they got everything together are usually the ones that don't have everything together. Oh, 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's not. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not. Awesome. Again, the whole idea is to get kind of more authentic, like to get who you really are and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's and that's hard for people. It's, it's a hard thing to do. 100%. Mm-hmm. But I found that by the time someone realizes this, a lot of times, you know, people change for one of two reasons, inspiration or desperation. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good one, yep. And most 
people wait till desperation, unfortunately. And yeah. if you've been stuck in this on either side of it where you're kind of like a driver who's pretending everything's awesome or you're an underdog where you have to keep sabotaging your success and you've done this for years, it actually takes a huge uh, toll on your health and your energy and your body. And um, like when you start re- recovering, the, the number one thing we always start with is your body. Like I always, I always say we've got to start to kind of look after your body Mm-hmm. Because that's the first thing we have to do is we have to nurture our body. And once our body gets stronger, it, it makes it a little bit easier for us to be able to um, shape our mind. Mm-hmm. Because if you're weak in the body and you have no energy and you're exhausted and you can't sleep, um, your mind has so, so little uh, cell phone bars <laughs> that mm-hmm. your, your willpower is like tiny. And when our body gets stronger, it helps us to give a little bit more bars so that we can be a little bit more, um, you know, with our willpower, make some better decisions in our life. Well, and don't you feel like, you know, if your body's weak, your mind is weak? Your brain, you know, your, 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 yeah, your ability to think straight is weak as well. And then when your body gets stronger and more healthy, then that also, your brain becomes more healthy. A hundred percent. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Is It happened the opposite way, though, is that when, when you when you're stuck in these patterns of the underdog curse over years, it, that mindset weakens the body. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so it's kind of funny. We, gotta, we want to start with our body to then come back up to strengthen our brain. Mm-hmm. Well, and people think that they can eat and do whatever they want to, and eventually what happens is that just breaks the body down even farther. And then if you're in stress or if you're in fight or flight mode, you know, all that just reacts, your body reacts to that. And I didn't realize that until I was in my late 30s, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, what's going on here, you know? So it really, you don't think sometimes it takes a hold of you, or people don't realize it's the food that we eat. And we only have a couple minutes till break, but I just want to give this story. Um, I was having a bunch of issues one time, and I went to the doctor, and she goes, well, what did you eat today? And I go, well, what has that got to do with anything, you know? <laughs> and she's like, I want to know what you had to eat today. And I'm like, well, I don't know. So I started, you know, naming all this stuff. She goes, did you just realize how much chocolate you had today? And I'm like, no. You know, it just was like an eye-opener. And she goes, you have got to cut back on that. Because at one point in my life, I had given up chocolate, I'd given up sweets, I'd given up pop, I'd given up everything, you know. And yeah. when I brought it back into my diet, wow, it was a life changer. So now I really have to be, watch, you know, how much of that stuff I eat. And Dr. Don, we only have like 30 seconds until break, so we're... Um, uh, going to go right along here. So Dr. Don's uh, website is drdonmcdonald.com and mine is joehosman.com. And Dr. Don, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about now about your book that you have, which is The Underdog Curse. And then um, some steps we could give our listeners before the end of the show. So we'll be right back after break. Bye. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you in your own driver's seat? Tune in to a program that will get you there based on what others have managed to do through challenges in their lives and how they persevered. Tune in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. On our show, we use real issues and experts to help you reclaim your life. 
Danielle and her guests are here to steer you in the right direction. Make sure that you are here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to harness your power. The compassionate life is about just that. There are so many human beings who have made a name for themselves by being humanitarians. They have become individuals who are known for being selfless, kind, and compassionate. Host Dr. Brittany King is also one of these humanitarians. Each week she shares stories of kindness that she has experienced throughout the world, both as a contributor and recipient of these acts of love and kindness. Listen every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. listening to go for it to reach joe hausman with a comment or question about the show please send an email to joe at joehausman.com that's j-o at joehausman.com now back to go for it welcome back to go for it uh, my show here on the voice america empowerment channel i am joe hausman your host I got a fantastic guest with me today <clears throat> dr don mcdonald we're talking about the underdog curse and how it affects all of us and our health and our wealth so <clears throat> excuse me what we want to talk about now, and I gave, I gave Dr. Don's um, website, but I want to give the other one. It's www.theunderdogcurse.com. So again, www.theunderdogcurse.com. And then peop- <clears throat> if you guys have a question for the show, give us a call at one 346 9141 I'm always, we're always happy here to um, answer your questions or give me a shout at email joe at joehosman.com. So Dr. Don, let's talk about now we've, we've, Excuse me. Gosh, I'm going to need some water. Um, we talked about building yourself back up, and we talked about building our, building your health. But now let's talk about, with your book, The Underdog Curse, maybe about uncovering your purpose, initiating your team, and initiating your dream. Yeah. In the book, we, I have nine steps on kind of what we can do to kind of slowly turn turn this around. Uh, if you've been stuck in that pattern for a while. Uh, but like I said, for, t- for today's purpose, we'll kind of hit five of those just to kind of uh, to summarize it, and you can find the rest in the book. Mm-hmm. But the first one, of course, we want to build up that health because we need that strong body. The second thing is we want to uncover our purpose. And again, this is, this is a tough one because sometimes people are doing this for the whole rest of their life. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. don't on one shot because it, that is a challenge. The problem is if we've been living like we talked about in that cycle where we're kind of a chronic people pleaser and we're always worried about other people, um, our muscle, our what do I love muscle, has been atrophied, which means we've been so busy, we've never even asked ourselves what we truly love to do. Mm-hmm. And I found the hardest part about this was getting some time alone. So solitude is sometimes the, well, that's probably the number one way that you can kind of get connected to what your true purpose would be or what your true goals would be. Um, when I first was married, every time my, my wife, my wife travels, she's a, she's a speaker and she's been speaking longer than I have. And so she's traveled to nine different countries speaking. And, uh, when she would first go away, I would be like, okay, now I need to hang out with this guy and this friend and this friend. And I would have the whole weekend totally booked. So I had no time by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't, I didn't feel comfortable being by myself. Mm-hmm. But I always had to be busy all the time. And when I started doing this work on myself, I realized that I do need to have time on my own to find out what I really love. 
Because if you don't ever ask yourself the question, you're never going to get the answer. And don't be surprised for all the listeners if you sit down and have that blank piece of paper and say, what do I love? Because one of my workshops is just take 15 to 30 minutes, quiet room, no distractions, no Facebook, no Twitter, no TV, no nothing, and just have a pad of paper and write down what, what do I love and just make mm-hmm. a list of all the things you love. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when people first do this, it's, they might be able to pick off one or two things and then they, it stays blank for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we need to keep practicing that. Because we, we need to keep connecting with ourselves to figure out what's really important to us or else, you know, you can be going through your whole life worrying about everybody else. And we don't want to be on our deathbed looking back with regrets. That's kind of the key for this one. That's right. And what I tell people with that is, and I, you know, matter of fact, I just had somebody tell me this the other day. She had lost her husband a little over a year ago. She goes, I don't want to feel anything. I said, you have to feel to heal. And the less you feel, the more you're not going to heal. So you have to let those feelings be known and let, you know, acknowledge them. And, you know, and what I write about in my book, my first book, Go For It, A Woman's Guide to Perseverance. But that's the one thing I wrote about, and you hit on it right there, is I always ran from alone time just like you did. You know, like when your wife was gone, you always kept yourself busy. And when I was alone, I always kept myself busy. Well, the one thing I ran from the most is the one thing I needed the most, and that was alone time. And some, so many people are scared about what they're going to find is they run from that. And actually, that's how you're going to really find yourself and really find that what you're going to be, you know, who your true self is. And from that, I, you know, I got my book wrote. It now is a bestseller. And now I have this radio show. So it just things just progress in a positive manner. Not, you know, not everything's always positive, but you have to, you have to feel to heal. Yeah, and I think... If you know yourself and you're doing stuff that, that is aligned with your purpose and who you really are, when you face adversity, it's not as hard. But, but right. if you're doing stuff out of obligation, so if you're doing stuff because you think you should do it or you think someone expects you to do it and then you hit adversity, it's super hard to deal with that because you're in the back of your brain. You're like, I didn't even want to do this anyway. And now mm-hmm. I'm facing adversity. <laughs> right. And so now you're not even being true to yourself. You know, and what happens with that is you, you lose money, you lose time, and you lose sleep, and you lose your health. And yep. so let's, you know, let's talk about improving your health, improving your wealth, and improving your life. You know, and that's why people need to find their purpose. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing. You gotta, if, if you really want to be successful, you really need to know yourself. And when mm-hmm. you know yourself, that's, then you can go to the world and, and help others. But, it, like, I always use the analogy of, if you've ever been to a wedding where they have the pyramid of wine glasses, of champagne mm-hmm. glass, mm-hmm. and they fill the top champagne glass, and as it overflows, it starts to fill all the other ones, mm-hmm. that is the analogy I like to think. So if you can kind of find your purpose, fill yourself up first, and then your overflow can fill up all the people around you. It's kind of like on the plane where they say, put your oxygen mask on first before you put on someone else's. Mm-hmm. Because, exactly. Because if we're strong and we're healthy, we are a lot better, especially like in a lot of moms, like in a chiropractic office, we see mostly women and mostly it's the moms because they're worried about the health of everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I try to tell them, I say, you are the most important. You know, the saying, 
if mom's not happy, nobody's happy in the family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, and usually the mom is the one who doesn't look after herself because she's worried about everybody else. And mm-hmm. so we're like, if, if moms look after themselves, everybody's going to be better. So, so you want to be true. Un, unselfishly selfish, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, it, that's exactly true. Yeah, because if you can find out what really kind of makes you tick and it inspires you, you become better in all your areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And become stronger, too. I mean, stronger and better and more empowering. 100%. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's, yeah. that's the hardest part for people to understand is that they, they, they're like, well, I, I, that's just selfish to like, look after my health or figure out what I'd really love to do. But they don't realize that when they do do it, it actually improves all their other relationships that they have. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it, sometimes it takes an adversity in your life. Um, how did you say it before? Sometimes it takes, um, um, well, anyway, it takes an adversity. What was that? Inspiration or desperation. There you go. Inspiration or desperation. You know, and that's what it takes sometimes. And that's unfortunate that we get ourselves to that point to make a change. But unfortunately, we get so stuck in a rut and we get so stuck with um, doing the things we've always done that we're too, sometimes too scared to step outside the box. And, but you'll never expand, you'll never grow unless you do. And it just, you have to do it. You have to improve your health, improve your wealth. I mean, I just keep saying that over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and, and the cool thing is too, especially even the thing I didn't realize so much about money because we didn't have very much growing up is that the more you save, it actually helps to increase your, um, to decrease your stress response. Because if you have a nice savings, uh, when things go wrong in your life, um, it's not going to be as emotional for you, so it's not going to hurt you as bad. So if, if, if anyone can imagine, if you say you had a million dollars in the bank, and then all of a sudden you lost your job or something happened, um, it wouldn't affect you near as much as if you're li- living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And, and, by starting to just save a little tiny bit every month, like it doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is, as long as you're doing that, subconsciously in your mind, you're paying yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you slowly start to increase your net worth, it helps to slowly increase your self-worth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's it. And you have that peace of mind. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will tell you something interesting, and I just want you to know that I've just noticed this about myself. Since we've been talking, I actually I sit in a chair while I'm doing this. I've actually got both feet planted on the floor with a straight back. <laughs> so I just want you to know that, Dr. Don. You've inspired me to do that today. Normally, I have my legs crossed, and I'm kind of relaxed. And I mean, I'm relaxed always, but I mean, I sit here with a straight back. and <laughs> So I just want to let you know you, you've inspired me today to do that. That's hilarious. Well, as a chiropractor, I feel like as I walk through a room, it's like when you go to a stadium and they, and they do the wave. Mm-hmm. People in, in my office, as I walk by them, they sit up straight, and then as I walk by them, they might go back to their slouching posture, <laughs> and I'm like, what's, what's that? So I'm just used to that. It's like every time I walk, there's the wave. People are talking uh-huh. which is good. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> so we, you also talk about, so uncovering your purpose, but you also talk about initiate your team. What does that mean? Well, um, as people pleaser, we, we are definitely really um, um, influenced by our external environment. And anytime you have a relationship with somebody, you create a bond with them. And when you create a bond with someone, their opinions and comments have a bigger imprint on you than if you don't. 
So if you have some, you know, Joe Blow on the street tells you something that you don't agree with, it's free, It's easy for you to just brush it off and go, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it's someone who you, if it's your spouse or if it's someone, you're like one of your friends, it's going to have a deeper impression on you than it would be if someone you don't really know. And so when I talk about initiating our team, what we want to do is we want to take a look at the people that we spend the most time with and just kind of analyze if, if they're helping us or if they're going to be part of our plan or maybe if they're hindering us when we're trying to grow. And there's, there's basically four different main types of relationships you can have. The first one's kind of a control bond. So if you're, if you're with someone and they're just trying to control you, we have to realize that they're trying to get you to do stuff for them, and it's definitely not about your purpose. So it, it, it is hard if someone's in a control bond because they're in it. Um, mm-hmm. If you have friends that are in a control bond, usually you can see that right away and you can tell them, but mm-hmm. sometimes they don't realize they're in it. So control bond right. would be someone's controlling you because they want you to do something that they want. Mm-hmm. second type of bond is a guilt bond, and this is kind of a sneaky control bond because what they do is they use guilt to get you to do what they want. And this is a sneaky one because I'm more susceptible to the guilt bond. Control mm-hmm. bonds are... Me too. For me, if somebody's <laughs> trying to control me, I'm kind of like, that's it. I know what you're trying to do. I'm not going to do that. But if it's guilt, sometimes that can that can sneak up on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you don't quite realize sometimes they're doing it, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a minute. You just guilted yep. me into doing that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, mm-hmm. and I ask when I'm doing talks, I'm like, and how do you feel after you've done something that you've been guilted into that you didn't want to do? Like, is that super inspiring? Like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the other bond is called a comfort bond. And this is bonds that you might have where, you know, if, if, if people just want you to stay the same. So I kind of tease it and call it my grandma bond because, like, if I ever had a bad day, I'd go to my grandma's house. She'd make peanut butter and, and uh, banana sandwiches, and we'd hang out and watch TV and just chill out, which, mm-hmm. is, which is nice because we still want comfort bonds periodically. But if you're mostly surrounded by comfort bonds and then you try to grow, actually all three of these bonds are going to rebel. So if, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, you changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then they don't quite understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. So they're going to question. They're going to keep questioning that with you, right? And if we if we're not aware of that, it, that can sabotage us right back to where we were before. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you think, oh gosh, maybe I should just go back to where I was. Maybe you know, you, you start self sabotaging your own brain. A hundred percent. And they're not doing it on purpose most right. of the time. Right. Um, right. It's just that, that that was the agreement. When you have a bond, you kind of make an agreement with somebody. And as you, if you try to get into personal development or really want to grow yourself, now you're changing the agreement. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and they're stuck. So, usually those people, those bonds that you have, those people are stuck in where they're at. And so they're not growing. So they sometimes don't want you to grow. And some, yeah, you're right. Sometimes they don't do it on purpose. They just don't understand. Right. They're just kind of rebelling. And, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like sometimes people get addicted to the way you used to be. And it, right. it's like they're addicted. And then when you change, they go through withdrawals and they, they make a big fuss about it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know it's coming, it, like I said, that's a huge warning that, you'll be, that it could sabotage you back to where you were before. But in all reality, it actually should propel you to the future because when you know you're stepping outside your bond and people are starting to question it, that means you do, you know, to me, if you're living on purpose and living what you want to be doing with your life, you know, then it means that you're on your right, you're on the right track. Yeah, you just have to be careful at the very beginning because when you first get on purpose, you're just not super strong yet, and mm-hmm. so you're, you're more susceptible to those little voices, like we talk, like you said in the back of your head, going, 
Right. Right. And Dr. Don, I just wanted to let you know, we only have a minute left until the end of the show. The yep. show has just been fantastic. I, I cannot even thank you enough. Um, is there anything left uh, that you would like to leave our audience with today? Just, well, you have given so many powerful nuggets. All I have tons of notes. I just have you know. But is there any um, powerful nuggets you want to leave with the, uh, with the last 30 seconds of the show? Well, I think, and I just didn't get a cover, but I'll do it real quick, is the thing we want to find is power bonds. And power bonds are people in our life that take enough time to find out what's important to us, what, what our purpose is, and then help us to keep accountable to those. And that can be a coach, or that could be a really good friend, or that could be a mastermind group. And the thing we have to worry about as people pleaser if we're stuck in the underdog curse is that it's super important to hang around with more power bonds because that's going to help us get to our goals. And our goal is really just to live your life the way you would like it. And, and success to each person is a totally different definition. And the goal is to find out what is success to you, not to someone else. And I think that's, that's right. the goal of this whole book. That's right. Well, and like I said, yeah, like you said, find the powerful people in your life that you want to hang around and be around and be like and find your purpose and your passion. So you can get Dr. Don McDonald's book at theunderdogcurse.com. Dr. Don, thank you so much for being on my show today. I truly, truly appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, have a happy Thanksgiving week. So glad you're with us today to listen. Remember, you are stronger than what you give yourself credit for. So go out today, be great today, be great always, and give yourself a smile to yourself, but also give a smile to others and let the world shine through you so ladies and gentlemen god bless have a happy thanksgiving we'll talk to you next week thank you for listening to go for it be sure to come back next tuesday at 6 a.m pacific time and 9 a.m eastern time for another edition with your host joe hausman on the voice america empowerment channel have a great day and an even better week